0: The readings today lend themselves really well to a discussion of murder. So I'm going to talk about murder. What we have in the sale of Joseph, remember the initial thought was we're going to kill the little guy, and that didn't quite happen. In the reading that is for Midrash this afternoon in Matthew, we're talking about the crucifixion. And what's the first vignette in Scripture after the garden? It's a murder. Cain and Abel. And it's also, by the way, one of God's top ten. Thou shall not murder. So it's a big deal. And one of the reasons it's a big deal is humans are designed to be violent. Now, I know that the scripture says, for example, in Isaiah 11.6, the wolf shall dwell with the lamb, the leopard shall die down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fatted calf together, and the little child shall lead them, and so forth. So the idea there is there will be no violence and murder in the millennial kingdom. I've got to tell you, I personally think that this is probably a metaphor because without violence we're going to be up to our hips and rabbits in no time. So I'm not doubting the Scripture. I'm not doubting Isaiah. But I'm just saying that it's going to have to take a complete transformation of human nature and animal nature for that to work and I don't know how he's gonna do that and that's not my problem that's his job that's not mine I'm just saying in the dispensation where we are right now violence death predation and murder are part of the scheme and we are the dominant predators on the planet God made us that way he could have made us bunny rabbits you know intelligent bunny rabbits not violent and anything like that he could have done that he chose not to And so what he then has to tell us is, just like everything else I have made you able to do, you need to keep it under control. For example, the Torah gives a tremendous amount of ink about keeping sexuality under control, something that God put into us for good reasons, but like everything else, we are able to go astray with it. Best way to describe that. The other thing, by the way, is... One of the things that you'll notice in Revelation in 19, when Yeshua comes back, he's going to be on a white horse with a sword leading an army. So it is not, in fact, the case that when he comes back, it's going to be a nonviolent event. There's going to be blood up to the withers of the horses. Now, new heaven and new earth, I don't know how he's going to work that. As I say, that's his job, not mine. I don't need to understand what he's going to do. But where we are now is a violent place and we're designed to be violent and you know that because the very first vignette in scripture is where one brother rises up and kills the other brother that's the first thing it's sort of the foundation it's not and oh by the way it's the foundational thing after we get kicked out of the garden the first thing that happens is a murder In The Ten Commandments, Ten Words, when it talks about thou shalt not murder, the word is ratzak, and it has to do with murder, and it also has to do with what would be called negligent homicide. So not only will you not murder your brother or anybody else, you also need to be careful that you don't kill them accidentally. But there are other kinds of homicide that are not only sanctioned, but they're commanded. For example, it says in Genesis 9 after the flood. And for your lifeblood I will require a reckoning from every beast I will require it, and from man. From his fellow man I will require a reckoning for the life of man. Whoever sheds man's blood, by man his blood shall be shed. So killing is not the problem. Murder is the problem. Everybody get the distinction there. It's a big deal. It's a big distinction. Because one of the things that happens in our culture today is people yell at you and say, we can't do capital punishment, for example, because the Bible says you shouldn't kill. No, it says you shouldn't murder. Big difference. So, having laid the groundwork, let's find out why people murder each other. Go back to Cain and Abel. What's the problem with Cain and Abel? God accepts Abel and rejects Cain's offering. So what they're competing over is the approval of God. That's the problem. God approves one and disapproves of the other, and the one who is disapproved of, instead of doing what is necessary to gain God's approval, turns around and murders the one who has been approved. Fast forward, Jacob and Esau. So Jacob wants to murder Esau. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. Because Jacob is the unfavored child. The problem is Esau has the love of the father. Jacob does not. So what Jacob is trying to do is displace his brother. First thing he does is he engineers taking the right of the firstborn. The second thing he does is he steals the blessing. What he is trying to do is obliterate his brother and become the firstborn and the blessed one. He is competing for the love of his father, just like Cain was upset because Abel had the love of God. Same motivation. Esau is minding his own business. He's out hunting and slaughtering sheep and doing all the stuff that he does, and his brother is trying to murder him. So Esau reacts and says, we're not going to let that happen. I'm going to murder him instead. But then understand the point of the story. If Jacob is not trying to become the firstborn and to get the love of the father, everything that Esau has, if that isn't the case, then there's no problem with the story. Let's look at the next one. We have Joseph. And Joseph... Has the love of his father. Joseph is the favored son. What is the reaction of his brothers to the fact that they are not the favored sons? Their first instinct is to murder them. Do you notice a pattern? One of the things that causes murder is the desire for the favor of father, whether father be God or father be a physical father, and father, whether it be God or a physical father, showing favoritism to one and pushing the other one aside, and the one who is pushed aside very often reacts with murder. What Jacob wants to be is the other brother. He wants to be the firstborn, he wants to be the favorite. he wants to be blessed. And he engineers things to get that to happen. And what that bespeaks is what I would call a zero-sum world. In other words, if you've got the favor, that means I can't have any. And what the competition then becomes is I want what you have, and I am willing to kill to get it. And in Jacob's case, killing is metaphorical. He's not actually going to slay his brother. He simply wants to become his brother, which is to say... To rub his brother out. Not physically, but metaphorically. The last of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not covet. So what's Jacob's problem with respect to his brother? He's coveting the things that his brother has. And so what happens when you violate the Tenth Commandment, covetousness, one of the places that cascades down from that is murder. That's the reason that the 10 is the intensification of the ones that came before, is because if you don't let yourself covet, you don't ever get down to the point where you're doing murder. And one of the things that happens when you are envious or covetous is what I would call a slow burn. And that, by the way, is what Esau is doing in reaction to what his brother does. Esau goes into a slow burn. And he stores it up inside of himself. And he's looking for an opportunity to make things right. And making things right in his mind is going to involve killing the little creep. You see how all this works? And the reason I say it's important is because it's the very first vignette in Scripture. That's why God is telling you this is important. Pay attention. Now, I'm going to move up a level What we have up until this point in Scripture is competition between two brothers. Notice, by the way, that all these vignettes are brothers. This is not somebody over in the next village that's got a better field or got some better sheep or something. This is my actual brother that I'm willing to murder. That's how violent we are, potentially. That's how violent we can be, is we are willing to even go so far as murder our twin brother. So let's pop up a level now to society. What I would call mob violence. That's also in today's Torah portion. You've got 10 guys who are banding together with the intention of doing violence to the 11th. The brothers have now work themselves into a state where they are willing to cooperate to rub out their brother and do murder. That's mob violence. Now, the other one is Yeshua. And I'm going to take a a detour here. And I will tell you up front that this is not intended to be political. I'm going to talk about the impeachment we just came through. And if you think Mr. Trump is the scum of the earth, every time I say Trump, you just substitute in your mind Bill Clinton. No, I'm very serious. It was the same process, same thing, and half of the country thought Bill Clinton was the scum of the earth and needed to be removed. The other half thought, he's a great president, we need to keep him there. Same thing is happening with Mr. Trump, except that the roles are reversed. In other words, I'm not doing politics here, I'm talking about murder. So what we've gone through the last X number of months is one political party has set out to kill the king. That's what they want to do. They're looking at this guy and they're saying he's illegitimate, he's not our king, and to make things right, we've got to kill him. That's what impeachment is. You're murdering the king. The point is, what we have done as a great segment of society is we have worked ourselves into such a rage that the only outcome that is acceptable is murder. Look at the news. You've got people in the streets screaming in rage. They are just angry, 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 angry. And they were years ago, except that the roles were reversed. They were angry, 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 angry. What you have is rage and jealousy. Because what the people who are trying to get him removed are doing is looking at him and saying, he is preventing us from having what we want. And in our society, what is it that they want? What it is, is they don't have the love of the people because the people elected somebody else. In our society, the people are th- sovereign. We are the sovereign. We elect the government. At least that's the way it was set up. And so if somebody gets elected who is clearly a scumball and a cur, Trump or Clinton, depending on which way you look at it, then that means that the people don't love us. Because if they loved us, they would have elected the guy that we were in favor of, one that we raised up to be the king. If they loved us, they would accept our king. They don't love us. Therefore, we're going to commit murder because we do not have the blessing of the love of the people. Now, there's all sorts of other stuff going on. There's power, there's money. There's, I mean, you know, all that stuff is clearly going on. There's no question about that. I and mean, you've got people that have lots of money tied up and lots of power and prestige and, and so on. That, that's all true. But at root, what it is, is the ones who are trying to do the impeachment hate the fact that they do not have the favor of the sovereign. Just like Cain hated the fact that he didn't have the favor of God. Just like Joseph's brothers hate the fact that they do not have the favor of the Father. It's all the same mechanism. Now, the reason I'm talking about impeachment is because the process there is precisely what is going on with Yeshua at the crucifixion. And if you can get into the mindset of what's going on here with the impeachment we've just come through, which is, very fresh in everybody's mind. If you can get into the mindset, then you can look at what happens in the crucifixion, and you can see the same mechanism going on. What I want you to do is I want you to recognize the emotion. I want you to recognize the process. I want you to feel what has happened over the last several months that has culminated in the impeachment of the president. And then I want you to take that and I want you to move it back 2,000 years and I want you to see what's going on in Jerusalem as you have this man standing up who threatens a segment of that society to the point that they are willing to murder him because that's what's going on. Now, one of the things that happens in humanity, is when a mob gets together and murders somebody, whether it's Yeshua, whether it's the brothers with Joseph, whether it's impeachment with Clinton or Trump, when the mob gets together and murders somebody, then there is what is called a catharsis. Everybody realizes what they have done, and the steam goes out of the system. And one of the things that happens immediately after the resurrection when Yeshua comes back is you have this massive conversion of Jews in Jerusalem. Remember Peter standing up and he's talking to the Jews and he says, You murdered him. And they say, Well, what can we do? Sorrow, guilt, the emotion is all gone. What can we do? And of course the answer is, turn to him. Accept Him as your Savior and so forth. That's the mechanism. What we're going through right now in the United States has not finished running its course. Right now, the anger and the rage on both sides is still too raw. And it's very raw right now in the United States. But once it's done, there will be a catharsis. That's the way people are. By the way, biblically, what the mechanism is called is the scapegoat that's what the scapegoat does the scapegoat takes all of that built up emotion and you pile it on the head of that goat the goat dies and that emotion gets drained out that's what Yeshua is he's the scapegoat so how does that apply to you other than insight I'm hoping that I've explained this well enough so you understand what's going on and what we're living through right now it's a big deal the United States is fractured And we have brothers, just like in the Civil War, where you had brother against brother. We have brother against brother here, and the battleground is over this guy that has been elected president. Praise God, it does not go any further than that. But it has the potential. And what I want you to understand is what we're living through, but then I want to pop it up a level. Besides understanding, what does it mean to you? I mean, you're not in a position where you're going to be able to vote on the removal of the president or anything like that. What does this mean to you? First thing you need to understand is the human tendency to murder. Understand that that's part of all of us. That's why it's the first vignette in Scripture is because we're all capable of it, even though we think we aren't. God built it into us. So the ability to be a predator, if you will, is part of who we are, and we're designed that way, and there's nothing wrong with that per se. It's only when it gets out of control that you have a problem, and you direct that violence in an inappropriate direction. That's when you have a problem. The fact that you are able to do violence is not a problem. As I say, if it weren't for predators, we would be up to our hips and bunny rabbits, because nobody would keep them under control. So what is the equivalent for you? Look at the impeachment process. How has that progressed? What has been going on in our society? What you have is people who are against this president and and again, don't get me wrong put Clinton there if you like Clinton better put Trump if you like Trump better. I don't care which one you're thinking about. What people are doing is speaking to destroy the target of their hatred. Look at The news media. Look at the news media back when Clinton was there. Look at social media. Words are being directed against this guy to delegitimize him, so when it finally comes to the point where he is removed, that's just going to be a formality. He's already been destroyed. In Hebrew, there's a word for that. It's called Lashon Hara, evil tongue. So the murder of the president, Clinton or Trump, take your pick, I don't care. The murder of the president starts with Lashon Hurrah, evil tongue. You start tearing him down with words. And when you get to the point where he has been sufficiently torn down by your words, the removal, the murder, whatever, is just a formality because you've already destroyed him, which is why God tells you you need to watch what you talk about. You need to watch your tongue. Because what you have within you is the ability to destroy your brother. That's what's going on. That's why Lashon Hurrah is forbidden. Is because you have in your lips the ability to murder, quote unquote, your brother with your words. So, for purposes of this exercise, I don't really care whether you like Trump or Clinton or whoever. That's not the point. The point is to look at the mechanism. Look at how we behave. Look at how we behave individually toward our physical brothers. Look at how we behave nationally to our brothers. Look at how we behave here to our brothers and sisters. The impulse to murder is always there. There are going to be times when people just enrage you, and the impulse to murder will be there. And what God says is, no you cannot murder your brother you have to get that under control and you have to not do that because he built within you the capacity to do it it has a useful purpose warfare doesn't count thou shalt not kill isn't talking about warfare thou shalt not kill is not talking about the police or capital punishment of the courts it's talking about anger rage and the desire to kill your brother because you want to displace him he's got something that you want and at some level you want to be him just like jacob he wants to be his brother because his brother has everything he wants the brothers want to be joseph because joseph has everything he wants you can't do that